Hello, and welcome to this very special edition of Into the Aether. It's uh, usually a low-key video game podcast. We'll see how this one goes. My name is Brenda Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. We need a name for these types of episodes. It started off with leakage on MP3, obviously. Yeah. Where we kind of have an emergency recording after a especially unhinged Nintendo Direct. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just calling them emergency episodes might be a nice umbrella. I like that. People have, have yeah. grown into calling them leakages, which is like, <laughs> honestly, so gross. Yeah, for those out of the know, it feels really... Al- it's, it's somehow more alarming than emergency episode. Yeah. Uh, I did I did see yeah, somebody like, in the Discord say, uh, I'm excited for the leakage later. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> what is our brand? Uh, so this has just happened. We're recording like during the day. It's before noon by me. Um, we just had to do it while it was fresh. Yeah, uh, kind of like you know. Again, I think these episodes are best just like the immediate aftermath of whatever just happened. <laughs> um, I really had a great time. Uh, but I also had a throbbing headache by the end of it. So I think that kind of <laughs> just frames everything. Like, I think it was sorry a for good direct. <laughs> no, no, it's, it is funny. <laughs> it was a good direct, but I feel like a little dizzy and sick as, at the same time. So yeah. that's kind of like everything else I'm going to say is kind of just a version of that. I think here's my question for you. What was your expectation yeah. level going in? What were you like looking Pretty forward low. to? Yeah, honestly, like I, I, pretty firmly expected no big announcements for Nintendo for this year. Like I wasn't really expecting, like I'm, I feel pretty confident. We already know their end of the year lineup between Bayonetta three and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Um, I, I feel like anything else would be sort of like the the opening act before whatever they have planned for early next year, you Mm -hmm. know? So like the idea of, of getting, like Zelda, like it's always, you know, whenever there's a rumor of a Nintendo Direct, there's, there's, is it going to be Breath of the Wild 2? Which right. you know, we'll, we'll get to. <laughs> um, but I, I went in very low. I, the only thing I really wanted was the Wind Waker and Twilight Princess HD ports, which we sadly didn't get. It's a little disappointed about that because that seemed like a pretty, that was like the rumor. Was, that was like was the almost, only rumor. And it's been a rumor yeah. <laughs> for so long at this point that I'm like, yeah, so many people yeah so many people have reported on it it's it's not even like a where there's smoke there's fire it's like i see fire like the build yeah. the building is burning i'm in burning front of me. Yeah. yeah i'm yeah, yeah. i'm, I'm ash i'm sweating yeah. <laughs> uh and i i imagine so we now know uh we'll talk more about it but we now know like when the new zelda the new mainline zelda is coming out um i wonder if it might be like an early next year thing we're like you know like in the in the sort of marketing up to that, we get yeah. the two games. But we'll even see. then, though, I would, but, yeah. I would wonder, like somebody at Nintendo, I'm sure because this is this is my first thought is like, OK, cool. You're releasing that, you know, in, in kind of like early mid 2023. Would you want like January, February or March to release two other Zelda games? You know, that could that could actually like that's possibly true. cannibalize the sales of the new one. I don't know. It seems it seems like if if we weren't going to get them now, I kind of worry like we might just never get like they might just not be coming. They might not be. Yeah, real. that's very sad to me. But all that aside, again, I went in with low expectations and I was really happy with what we got. It just wasn't I, I would have 
they could have split this into two directs and given us like a little <laughs> bit of time to breathe. Cause I feel like there were so many games where they just threw something at me that my brain didn't have the raw data to comprehend. And I like needed a second and the announcer just kept mercilessly going on. Yeah. It didn't help too that the host this time had kind of like a game zone commercial voice to him where he was like, you know, next up we got, this. it was a little bit like, <laughs> usually you get a more mild mannered host for these long events, but we got like, you know, a Gex esque host for, for the entire 45 yeah, 40 minutes. minutes of a tang commercial. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a kick in the glass. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I, th- I thought it was cool. I mean, there's a lot I'm really excited about as evidenced by our emergency recording. There's a lot, I, I have a lot of thoughts in general, but overall I'm really excited. So that's a good thing. Yeah. I went in with absolutely no expectations or, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm not going to say I wasn't excited, but I, I essentially go into these Nintendo directs at this point saying like, I just would like one thing to be excited about. And if I get one thing, then I'm cool and good to go. And there usually is, there's usually yes. at least one, like actually one thing yes. to be kind of excited about. So it's I just, agree. you get burned by page. so many of these every once in a while. They have them like sometimes the partner directs or something are like, Oh man, did you really even need an event here? These all could have been tweets. Like this, <laughs> this could have been an email. This, one was like way wilder than I was expecting. And I know there is this lineage of September directs being like really, really big usually. Um, but even this one going into it, I was like, I don't really know what to expect here. Um, and if you don't mind, we could just get into it. But like, yeah, let's do it. The first announcement, I was like, well, I got my one thing I'm excited about. <laughs> and it just fire they, emblem. The hits don't stop coming, dear listener. Uh, yeah. yeah. Fire Emblem Engage was announced, uh, which honestly looks really in line with a lot of the rumors that we have, I think, discussed on the show and have seen and talked about. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of a lot, a lot of leakage about this game as well. <laughs> um that's uh, uh, terrible to say too. Yeah. This this game is coming like really soon. It's coming January 20th, 2023, so we're going to like get it relatively soon. <laughs> um similar to the rumors, apparently you get rings that allow you to summon other heroes from Fire Emblem games uh gone past, which is fun. So they showed a lot of Marth. They didn't really allude to like a whole lot of other heroes, but I mean, based on the rumors and the leaks and stuff, it seems like Marth is not the only person you're going to be bringing into this world, which is cool. There were a few others. Yeah, I think Celica was there yes. as well from yes. uh, from Echoes that we played recently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're going to see a whole bunch of Fire Emblem characters in there, which I think is going to be really fun. Uh, the protagonist looks much less like the protagonist of Shimagami Tensei Five than they did in the rumors, uh, which is good, and like the leaked images. Um, I wonder well, if that was, I think that was the, the femme protagonist. Oh, maybe they still hair. have that hair. I, they do. They showed the cover at the end. Oh, so really? That, oh, okay. that was a real thing. Yeah. That's yeah. fun. Okay. <laughs> Regardless, <laughs> I'm just excited. Uh, it looks great. I mean, it looks like absolutely stunning, really pretty. It looks like we still have a, like a home base to walk around, even if it's not Garrick Mach, as long as we have like a place to hang out in, I'm happy. Yeah. I have, I actually have a lot of thoughts about this. So my, my raw, my raw why is it raw my initial feeling watching the trailer was just like excitement my you know, uncooked new fire emblem. thoughts sorry yeah my <laughs> uncooked thoughts uh you know I, I there's so much going on in this trailer it's hard to even make sense of but i just sort of i immediately saw the kind of uh opening mural they had mm-hmm. like the sort of stained glass of heroes i recognized lynn and a few others yeah so i immediately knew it was fire emblem um, and then I was like, cool, there's a new fire emblem, but that's kind of where my thoughts ended. Then I watched it again. Cause I'm like, I actually don't remember what I just watched. I was so overwhelmed. <laughs> I, did, I did the exact same all, thing. 
all I heard was, by the way, you're a dragon from like the voice of a polite butler. And like my brain just it, like I saw like the, the line when a TV goes out. Like, that's, yeah. It just I lost <laughs> consciousness. Uh, so I watched it again. And here's the thing about Fire Emblem. I I love that the series, while it does adhere to a certain experience, there there's a lot of variety. We've talked about this a lot on the show. Yeah. We obviously loved Three Houses. Uh, we also love Awakening. And I've also really enjoyed the older games. And they all have something they're doing that's unique to themselves. While there's always the undercurrent of the, you know, SRPG strategy part of it. And usually there's like character pairings and support scenes and all that mm-hmm. uh the experience you're getting an awakening versus blazing blade versus sacred stones versus three houses is wildly different that's why i think the series has a lot of different fan bases who want different things from the series so all that to say on an objective level i'm just excited to see what this new game is doing unique to itself i'm also fully emotionally prepared for truly no other fire emblem game to hit the narrative highs of three houses i think that was a beautiful like accident in some ways <laughs> that that game hit the levels it it was narratively and really was about something that is always sort of in the room with other fire emblem games but they kind of zeroed in on four three houses yeah. so i i don't i think it was that was sort of the the feeling when you play through houses is like what do they do next you know what do they follow this up with and in a sense i'm really glad they're not just doing that again even though we got three hopes thankfully like mm-hmm. They're not just saying like, okay, like I'm sure that the design of three houses, like even just the sort of Garrick mock zone, I imagine like elements of that game will, will echo forward. Um, But it seems to have a very unique identity. This, this new one engage the, the reason I'm a little bit hesitant and another caveat, I have a lot of, a lot of thoughts here. Another caveat <laughs> is that Fire Emblem just doesn't trailer well. There are some series that don't yeah. trailer well. It's kind of like French fries don't make good leftovers. There's some things you just need to experience on your own. But when you see the trailer for it, it's like, don't show everyone my journal. Like there's something kind of embarrassing <laughs> about this. You know, it's like, I don't want, this doesn't, this isn't what I actually wanted, is it? Um it's it's a weird feeling. It doesn't trailer well. I don't think there's ever been a good Fire Emblem trailer. It always comes off like accidentally like parody or something. Yeah. Um but the my main <laughs> my main fear is just the central mechanic of summoning old heroes. I think could be really cool. It seems to almost look persona y and it seems to be a continuation of what they did in Awakening and Fates where you basically had to partner up a unit for them to like stand a chance. So Mm -hmm. that led to, you know, what those games were about. Um, And with this game, I I think that there is narrative potential for like, for characters to have some kind of connection to the past, Uh, hopefully in a way that works in a standalone game. So you don't have to have a huge knowledge of, of past entries. But I do think, because Fire Emblem usually has like set archetypes, like as fresh as the cast of Three Houses was, you could trace like Hilda back to Sarah, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know, like th- there are types. And that game was a lot about that game was very interested in in sort of uh, reexamining those archetypes and giving the characters more humanity and more meaning and like exploring like well why is this character the lazy one why is this character the nervous one like what makes them that way can you help them can they can they grow into somebody else uh and what are they like without your guidance kind of thing um so i think that uh, you know exploring those archetypes in like a historical lens and 
and doing that in the story could be really interesting, but I can't help but feel a little splash of kind of soulless businessness about it because of how much money games like Genshin Impact and Fire Emblem Heroes make. I just worry that this game is going to be following... I don't expect it to have microtransactions because very few Nintendo games are monetized that way, but I just kind of worry that it's like, oh, well, those games are doing well. Let's just sort of do that in a mainline Fire Emblem game. So I'm just a little bit cautious to like fully embrace the like gachapon, let's get a random character from another game part of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that specifically from the perspective of like how much context people are going to need to go in. Like, are, are, are am I going to yeah. be able to like come on this show after the game comes out and be like, yes, this is even if you've not played any other Fire Emblem game before, Fire Emblem Engage is also for you. Um, I would like to be able to say that, but you know, if you need too much context about who all these people are and like why it's cool that they're all together, um, you might lose a little bit of that. So I, I definitely know where you're coming from there. It reminds me a lot, uh, honestly, of um, and and maybe this is the way to do it of Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which is uh, also you know heavily influenced by bringing uh, characters from other Fire Emblem games into that game, um, and they kind of like don't really play any part in the story at least as much as i played which is i would say yeah. about half of that game like they're almost like reimaginings of fire Emblem characters yeah like marth doesn't really look like marth or act like marth at yeah all. they're just uh, named marth weird. and they hang out and they have a sword <laughs> but they're not yeah. really marth uh we'll, we'll see we'll see i mean this looks a little bit more like oh it's crumb no, no. actually crumb oh, yeah you're right it was crumb yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and i mean i think that just goes to show how uh right their adaptations were um, you don't remember me i'm I'm crom, yeah. I'm crom. <laughs> uh, All that to say, I don't want to be too negative, but that is something that like I've been talking with some friends about. Yeah. And it's something watching it again. I'm like, I don't know if I'm crazy about this, but I'm definitely going to get it. I'm like contractually obligated to get it and I'll probably have a good time with it. And I'm also fully expecting it to not be on the level of three houses, like just for my own. I think, I think, like, yeah, I, just, I think that's a good yeah. place to set your own brain at before that game comes yeah. out. Um, I will. I yeah. mean, look, I, I, I sure did tear up when this uh, game got announced somehow, which I was like, what a, what a turn for me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe it's just because I came hot off the heels of being at a wedding all weekend. Uh, but I was like, so stoked about this announcement. So I'm looking forward to it. And I it would. So soon. Yeah. I would like for the summoning past heroes to play out kind of like Dragon Quest XI, where that game is kind of a giant love letter to the series. Mm. I would prefer that over like, get your five star Chrom today. Yeah, for I'm sure that's not you know, like, Yeah, yeah. I, I just I'm 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 guarded. You know, I don't I don't let my heart out easily mm-hmm. these days. Yeah, okay? guard your heart definitely, but uh, I, I I think. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't think the game is going to be that cynical about about summoning. People. Yeah, I, I I think you're right, especially for the mainline series. So we'll which they did say this is the next mainline entry. They used those words, which I thought was. Uh, yeah, I thought that was saying something. Uh, do you want to move on to the next stuff? We should, because if we don't, we won't stop. Yeah, there's yeah. so much. Uh, the next thing was it takes two getting ported to switch it's coming on November 4th. Uh, you and I both have not played this game. Yeah, I think we should one day because I know a lot of people who love it. I I didn't really have a huge interest in it because the trailer heavily featured the talking book, which reminded me of Cats. So I just sort of wrote it off. The Book of Love. Um, The Book of Love. But uh, I hear only great things about it. And it seems like a fun local multiplayer game. Like, I imagine it will be a lot of fun to play with a friend. And that feels perfect for the Switch. I was just about to say, yeah, now that I can use Joy-Cons, maybe maybe I'll pick this game up. Because I I don't have a second Xbox controller. I don't have a second PS5 controller. So I really 
didn't have a way to play this until now. So, uh, seems to be the move. Cool. Uh, after that was Fatal Frame, Mask of the Lunar Eclipse. Uh, it's apparently the fourth game in the series. It came out on the Wii. They've just been like porting some of the Fatal Frame games over to Switch. Uh, and people who like that series seem to be very excited about it. I, uh, yeah, I've always I've been curious them. about it. I, I like the central concept of using photography to fight ghosts or to like <laughs> deal with ghosts. Yeah. Because it really does. It makes your only action. You have to face the horror head on. So like mm. I like that, but I know nothing really past that. So maybe one day I'll check it out. Maybe in October I'll check it out. We'll yeah, see. I think there's like at least one or two already on the Switch. So if you're really curious, maybe maybe now's the time. Uh, as we, as yeah. we gear up for, for October. Um, after that, we saw the first big announcement from the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Hero Pass, the expansion uh, pass content that they have been alluding to, at least if you play the game. Uh, it's like <laughs> you, you can't open up the menu without seeing like an ad for the expansion pass in there. Um, yeah. They are introducing a new hero. Her name is Eno. She's a mechanical girl, is uh, how they kept referring to her. Uh, they showed her drinking ether, which is, uh, to yeah. be clear, the life force of the world that you have to bottle up and use <laughs> to operate machinery in the game. Uh, they showed her just cracking open a bottle of ether that she assumedly <laughs> gathered from the earth and uh, just chugging it straight up. Um, I found her to be really scary looking because she just looks like a human head grafted onto like a robot skeleton. Um, it reminded yeah. me a little bit of, uh, I, I don't want to say too much. But some of the like 13 Sentinels robots. Yeah. <laughs> she looks unfinished or damaged yes. in terms of the the robot. Yeah, this this is strange. I mean, I uh I'm always tempted about the Xenoblade uh pass because like it is I, I think they're kind of doing it in a in a monster hunter way where like yeah. it's definitely nothing you need, but it's just sort of more content. And the way Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is sort of structured is without spoiling eventually you are exploring the world and you can meet characters that are called heroes who are essentially party members that can be in your team. There's like a seventh rotating guest spot in your party. Um, So you can have them fight alongside you and you learn their class as well. So it's essentially getting like a new side quest in a new class. And there's so many in the core game that I don't feel weird about them, like adding more later. That feels like fine to me. Um, but yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't know if I'm, if I'm like dying to learn whatever Eno's class is. Also, I couldn't, I couldn't quite tell what her voice sounded like. Cause the, that we had the Gex narrator over everything, but like after she chugged ether, I heard like, <laughs> just in the, like echoing in the background. I'm like, this is a horror movie. Why is she on our team? Why isn't this the final boss? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know about, you know, but I, I definitely would love some more not on coin. So maybe yeah. I'll eventually buy the pass. Oh yeah, I did buy the pass already, so I, I can report back on Eno. But I get what you mean. I mean, she looked a little bit like yeah. she leaked out of the previous Fatal Frame trailer <laughs> into this one. <laughs> um, sorry not to talk too much, but it was scary. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll report maybe back we'll learn about to Eno. love Eno over time. Eno's gonna yeah. be my favorite character in the Do game. Do you somehow. love me? <laughs> <laughs> She's just like a Teen Girl Squad character. Yeah, exactly. That very much. Oh, I love that. Hello, roommate. Do you love me? (laughs) What happened to her? She got hurt. (laughs) SpongeBob SquarePants, the Cosmic Shake, was the next (laughs) thing they announced. um, Which 
is coming next year. There's not a lot to say about this outside of, uh, I guess, like the Battle for Bikini Bottom remastered thing that they did sold really well uh, because they're making another new game, which is pretty exciting. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, shout out to our friend Will, who I know is very excited about this. Uh, yes, but moving on to <laughs> the, this. Okay, this, this was this it for made me, me too. like yes, <laughs> yeah. This, this my brain flipped inside out, and I, I, I'm like, you can't just say this and move on. Like it's nothing. They announced fitness boxing, which is a series already on the Switch uh, that you can get. Uh, you hold a Joy-Con in each hand. You do boxing. You know, it uses the accelerometers, the motion controls to track how well your exercise is going, etc. Fitness boxing, Fist of the North Star which is coming in March 2023. Uh, this was <laughs> this was wild. Um, I mean, it's characters. It's a rhythm game, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's, right? it's, it's yeah. fitness boxing, but it's with characters from Fist of the North Star, which is uh, a fighting game and an old manga and anime series from way back when. Um, back at it again, but as an as a, as a actual like fitness exercise game. Which did is, they say honestly, Shaggy was in it? I didn't. I didn't see the screen in that moment. But did they just like casually say Shaggy was in it? Yeah, they did. <laughs> it feels like that like meme of Shaggy being like I don't even know where it came from. But they were like in like 2019, there were like a bunch of people drawing Shaggy like charging up like Goku or whatever. Oh and, like, wait, 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 now... wait, 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 wait! This is not Shaggy from Scooby Doo. <laughs> this is Shaggy from oh. Visible North Star. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm sorry i'm sorry but i mean we got shaggy like from scooby-doo doing that in multiverses yes. it just feels like that meme is now manifesting in games for some reason yeah from three years ago that anyway, would be very funny though sorry for the confusion i wasn't looking at the screen so i just heard shaggy's in it and that's where i needed to go yeah, for a said, walk hang on wait i gotta google this now maybe i just dreamt that i feel like i was they did say featuring this, shaggy so. but it wasn't shaggy from scooby-doo got it okay that makes more sense anyway let's move on uh up next this was my this is maybe one of my favorite moments of the whole direct but uh they opened this trailer it was like the ubisoft logo and then the the announcer was like this ain't your uncle's dodgeball unbelievable Uh, yeah and it was unbelievable moment it was it's a game called oddballers which is coming uh next year um it's you know like a multiplayer online and local co-op it seemed or sorry local competitive game um in which you're playing dodgeball and you get all these like weird superpowers and stuff. Um, what I wrote here in my notes is that it just feels like the like overcooked energy and the gang beast yeah. energy that uh, fall guys, like all of that stuff is kind of like culminating in a, yeah. a, a like a explosion of games like that, that are like, Oh, let's make a thing that like fits in that genre, but is a twist on something else. I almost like put knockout city in that realm as well. Another dodgeball game. Um, but oddballers just feels like that is like let's just do like a like a nonsense physics object laden dodgeball game that you can play online, uh, which looks fun enough. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it feels also like something that's going to go straight to Game Pass as well. So um, I'll play it if it does that. I know I shouldn't think about this any more than they want me to, which is one second. But what is your uncle's dodgeball? I like, do want to know what my ref- uncle's dodgeball is like. Yeah, like. <laughs> I understand. Like usually, it's like this isn't your dad's tennis or whatever. <laughs> like uncle's dodgeball is like a little bit, a little too specific. Where there's a story there that we don't have. You yeah. Know? Do you? I mean, I have so many uncles. Also, like which uncle are we referring to? Even. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very different sport per uncle. You can't just say that. Yeah. Some uncles yeah. I could see going much harder than other uncle. I'm very curious. Did you yeah. mean Uncle Joe? I. Uh, Did you mean dodgeball uncle Mike? was a. <laughs> I remember like 
pretty early into our childhood dodgeball. I don't know if it was like illegal, but our school wasn't allowed to play it for a bit. We had um, this weird sport called octopus tag instead, where everyone had a felt ball. And then if yes. you got hit by the felt ball, you had to sit down. But then if you you could like slap someone's leg in passing like their ankle and then they're out. So like at the end of the octopus tag, there would be like a bunch of children sitting down <laughs> and two people trying to avoid getting their legs slapped and throwing felt at each other, which is almost scarier and somehow more harmful than regular touchball. <laughs> so <laughs> any uh, inspired developers out there who want to make octopus tag into a competitive esport, uh, you're welcome. Do you remember barricade survivor? Very, like only in my dreams. Remind me what that was. It was it was a similar thing where uh, our gym teacher would put up a bunch of like big pads, like mattress pads, all over the gym, yeah. and then you'd have to hide behind them and throw felt balls at one another. And if you got hit, you were they out. like made the sport right. It was like it was like their their game. Yeah, as far as I could tell, I mean, I, I have never talked to anybody else who played Barricade Survivor except for people <laughs> who went to our schools. <laughs> All I have to say, I think when I heard Uncle's dodgeball, I feel like I, my brain kind of went to felts uh, yeah. and octopus <laughs> tag and everything. Anyway, why don't we move on to the next uh, thing here? Before we move on, let's move backwards real quick. I did a little bit of Please. Googling and both of us misheard. Uh, the character's name is Jaggy, J-A-G-I. Got it. Uh, I'm, I'm disappointed that his name is not Shaggy and I'm even more disappointed now based on your uh, the way you heard it, that it's not Shaggy. <laughs> awesome. so, so I was wrong twice. I, I apologize. It was a very fast direct. It was, you it know, was really quick. To, I mean, yeah, the speed at the which news. this stuff was coming was so quick. I mean, you can't just yeah. go from, from Shaggy to Uncle's Dodgeball that quickly and expect me to <laughs> comprehend all of it. Uh, following yeah. Oddballers was Tunic, which is coming to Switch, finally. Uh, very exciting. Towards the end of the month, September 27th, so like pretty soon. Um, <laughs> as I was saying in the discord like perfect timing for me to get my steam deck and play it on there uh but i am excited that more people will be able to get to play tunic which was a great video game yeah tunic is wonderful highly recommend one of the best of the year after that we finally got some dates for the front mission remakes that they've been working on uh it's an old square series i think even before square enix um so the first one is coming in november the second one in 2023 and they announced that the third one is in development which is cool Um, because I don't think they'd announced that yet. Uh, So Front Mission 1 and 2 are coming, like, relatively soon. Uh, I feel like like you and I are going to become Front Mission fans somehow. (laughs) I'm excited. I love becoming a fan of something I have no knowledge of, and then it just happens. Yeah. It's great. We'll see in November or maybe in 2023 when the second one comes out. Um, But uh, I don't know. Cool, like, tactic stuff. Uh, Feels like a kind of precursor to Advance Wars a little bit. Uh, Not cartoony at all, though. Um, after that, we got a new game from X seed games, uh, our, our new favorites, uh, story of seasons, a wonderful life, which is a remake of the harvest moon game. that I think a lot of people really loved and played a lot on the GameCube, uh, which was called harvest moon, a wonderful life. Um, it's coming in summer of 2023. It's like one of about a billion farm Sims we saw in this direct. Yeah. Um, yeah, this kind of like kicked off the, the, the barrage of them. Um, but People really like this game. I mean, like whenever I hear about Harvest Moon, there's kind of like the Game Boy Advance ones that you and I played um, for the Game Boy Advance bonus way back when. Um, But I always hear about this one as well, this GameCube one. I think this is like the one that people were waiting for, which is cool. This is one of two times, I would say, in this direct that uh, they ported a GameCube game that people have been asking for for a long time forward. And I'm excited to talk about the other one. Um, But yeah, 
Yeah, this is cool. I mean, I'm I. It's interesting to to follow the timeline of Harvest Moon because there's like the original Harvest Moon games and then Rune Factory and then Story of Seasons is like kind of yeah the mainline entry now and then Stardew Valley happens. So there's like a lot of <laughs> forks in the road and like you know it, it's kind of hard to keep track of. Um, I'm excited to play it. I I do think, and we'll probably get to this as we keep going, but like I do wonder if we're at farm sim overload at this point and i i i'm starting to think like we we often critique uh when games are quote-unquote inspired by breath of the wild then it just means they have a hand glider in it mm-hmm. um like i don't think you need necessarily to have a farm in order to make like a town sim life sim game like it, it is funny to me that like it always like rune factory at a certain point doesn't make sense that you have a farm like in Factory Four, it's like you're this, you're this prince who has fallen into power, and there's this JRPG story happening, and you also have a farm, which is fun. <laughs> like I enjoy it, but yeah. it, I think it does, uh, it does become a weird echo where it's like at a certain point, uh, I wonder if like the intention is is lost when it's like I don't know, I don't know, I I, I don't know if I have fully formed thoughts on it yet, but I couldn't help but start to wonder like. What is what is it about these types of games that I really like, and what is the thing you need, and what is what are the areas in which you can experiment and change and move forward? Um, so I'm excited to see of all of these farm some games, like which ones are kind of pushing that genre forward, and which ones are sort of just like kind of doing what you expect. Yeah, I I, th- I think the thing that I I think about when it comes to farm sims in general is like for a long time the genre was so small right and and, yeah, and right. the audience was so small that it really felt like there was just you know this really like core group of people who were getting excited about harvest moon and also rune factory and like that was kind of it um there was obviously stuff here and there like farm sim like existed like farm simulator like as an actual video game but that said as as i would say the gaming audience has kind of expanded over the past like five to 10 years, even more so than it had in the previous five to 10 years. It kind of makes sense that like anything that is its little own micro genre would become just a genre genre at a certain point. And I'm with you that I feel like a lot of these games that I'm seeing are just kind of like doing the same thing over and over again. And I, there's, you know, this is maybe a bad example because it's literally a remake of a game from that era, right? It's like a remake of the GameCube game. So there's really nothing that they're adding or doing anything too substantial to. Um, but when I think about like the future of it and what I would want from it, I, I am interested in seeing where people are going to take it. There's actually one coming up that I'm more interested in than I was expecting. Um, but there's also like Harvestella, which seems like, you know, Rune Factory, uh, you know, but done by Square yeah, Enix. It seems like they're really right. like going after like a big like narrative thing with that one, which is a cool idea, um, which we'll talk I about. I guess later. I go back to um, we, we mentioned uh, briefly or excuse me, we brought it to the show somewhat recently um sakuna of rice and ruin yeah which is like a actual farming sim like you have to plant rice manually and dry it off and stuff Mm -hmm. but in that game it's so purposeful in what it's doing and like i do think that's one of the most creative and successful takes on that genre and in that game they really chose like let's actually really focus on what farming means like in more ways than one like mechanically yes it's more reminiscent of reality than just like a kind of a grid based plant your seed and water it 
like Stardew Valley system, but it's also a game about redemption and, and about sort of forming a community and, and the ritualistic aspect of it. So I, I bring this up not to like critique these games, but it's, I think that there's such a huge amount of potential in these games where the goal is to exist in a place and to find your place within it. That's not just like kill the enemy or progress to the goal. Like I think there's so yeah. many things you can do in these games, not just in this game, you can get married and have a farm. Like that's great. Who doesn't want to do both of those things? But you know, I just think it, I, I hope that it doesn't stop there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally with you. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping that as time goes on, we start to see some more interesting takes on this stuff. Um, totally. Which again, there's a game coming up that I really want to uh, talk yeah, about yeah. a little bit more with later. But after that, we got uh, Splatoon three. Uh, they showed yes. up and and announced the first official Splatfest, which is going to be uh, if you're on a deserted island, what are you bringing with you? Is it gear, grub, or fun? Uh, and it's running from September 23rd to September 25th, uh, which is exciting. Coming soon. What would you? What's your team? And what would you bring? I'm team gear. That adds up because I, I can like use were, gear to, guy. to get grub and fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose. I feel like it, it, I'm trusting the limitation of the question itself. So I'm going for fun. But I think the answer is you need all three. So maybe we should work together in this splat fest instead of uh, competing. I love but. that idea. Three teams of squids just not shooting, like all abstaining from yeah. battle. I'm team fun because I was team paper in the demo and I feel like I'm just drawn to the team that is inevitably going to lose. Uh, so <laughs> I'm excited to stand proudly with team fun as we get decimated by grub and gear. I, like just the, <laughs> the names of it sound so intimidating. And then there's team fun, which, you know, who knows? We'll see what happens. I think I team fun is going to win. I like team fun and team fun so? is, uh, is, 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 uh, what, what's his name? Big Ray, big man. What's his, name big man yeah it's big man it's big yeah. man's team which i think always is going to be the draw for a lot of people that's true there, there's a whole other element of like who the host which host is advocating for what yeah um and big man is definitely i think the most popular from what i've seen yeah sure seems that way uh you've been playing a bunch of splatoon 3 i actually played a bunch yesterday also which uh we'll talk about i guess on the show later yeah <clears throat> yeah so, uh it's it's fantastic i i love splatoon 3 it's very happy with it it's really really good so far yeah um the next trailer, I was actually like yes. blown away by this uh, because I thought that it was going to be the mobile game that came out recently. I thought they were just like putting it on Switch, but no, it's Octopath Traveler 2, an actual sequel to the first Octopath Traveler. This I, I got this is actually one of the trailers that made me emotional. Uh, one, because Octopath Traveler was our first episode. Mm. So it just has like a special meaning. Also, the main theme is beautiful. It's, so it's like one of the the main theme makes me feel more about Octopath than the game does. Like I, <laughs> I, I feel like I have a stronger tie to it than I actually do. Yeah. Um, but Octopath Traveler is a game that we've talked about a lot. Um, I think in some ways it's sort of like, uh, I don't want to say the flagship series, but it's one of the big like um, series that came out that sort of established this, this square B team of experimental ideas that I think you and I are just always really drawn to totally. whether or not they fully succeed. I just love that there's this space for like the live alive remake and triangle strategy. And these games that are attempting to 
going back to like, what do you do with the genre? They're attempting to take these retro genres and really actually do new things with them. Mm-hmm. Not just like, I think it's easy to look at Octopath and think, oh, this is just nostalgia. It's like they're just doing FF6 or FF5 and and whatever. And there's, there's a lot of nostalgia, but I do think uh, playing Octopath, you can see how modern it feels with just the quality of life, the, the way the UI communicates information, the sort of gradual unfolding of powers and of classes and it's a great way to sort of show a new audience what is so special about those older games octopath looked gorgeous i had an amazing soundtrack one of the best turn-based battle systems in recent memory uh but the story wasn't really there uh you know at a certain point i didn't really feel i played that game for like 40 hours so i gave it like what would normally be a full jrpg (laughs) about from that time but at a certain point i was like i don't really I don't really care to see more. I feel like I got what I needed out of this. So I've always been really hopeful that they would get a sequel. Cause I think there's, there's so much to do with this system. So we'll see what happens. I wonder if they'll, they'll kind of get it all right this time. That'd be really exciting. This trailer specifically showed off one thing that I think you and I were pretty critical of with the first game, which is like the party members didn't really talk to each other. They had these like kind of, strange scenes where it would be a black background. There'd be a spotlight on the two of them and they'd be like, hello. Yeah. And the other one would be like, hello. And they'd be like, how are you? I'm still seeking revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's it. Um, in this trailer, you actually see the characters like conversing with one another, like in the field, in cutscenes, in, in the party. Uh, and that was kind of all I really needed for them to justify making a second one. Um, outside yeah. of that though, I mean, just like vibe wise, the world seems really interesting. It's kind of going after this like industrial revolution era art style, um, which is really cool. I mean, it's so dense. Like the world is much denser and much more detailed and rich than it looked like in the first one. Um, I actually, I went back and played the first one semi recently, not all of it, but like, I don't know. I put another like 15 hours into that game a couple months ago. Nice. Um, just to revisit it because it had been a long time and I wanted to see if I still felt the same way about it. I did. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, it, it was really interesting seeing this announced kind of hot off the heels of that, because it, the, the leap from the first game to this one, I feel like maybe wouldn't be as noticeable for me had I not just put so much time to the first one. Uh, yeah, it right. looks, it looks great. I, the, the one other thing I wanted to mention beyond the release date, which is again, really soon, it's, uh, the beginning of next year, February 20th or sorry, February 24th, 2023. So like coming soon, um, one of the characters uh, is named the Warrior Hikari. He looks exactly like Noah from Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And when he shows yeah. up, he's like, I want to find a path to peace. We don't always need to be fighting. And I was like, this is just Noah. Huh. <laughs> he's even wearing red. He has the long blue hair, like the whole deal. Uh, credit or credits do though, in terms of trend setting looks, Felix from yeah. Three Hopes has that, has that long blue ponytail, which yes. is great. But yeah, that is that is very funny. Um, I'm I'm really excited for it. I really hope that they get it right this time. Yeah, me too. I th- I think this is I think this is going to be really really exciting. Um, and yeah. I also I mean you know I imagine we'll talk about this more like maybe towards Goaty season or something. But I I ended up kind of like bouncing off a of triangle strategy eventually. Like that game just I, I I found kind of started rubbing me the wrong way the further in I got. So I'm kind of excited too, to see yeah. this team like go back to the thing that worked. And just like refine yeah, I mean, instead of just completely abandon and make something new. Both games have really, really wonderful mechanics. Like Triangle Strategy is one of the best tactics games you could play on a mechanical level. And I thought the story was fun for a while, but they're so in love with giving you 
difficult choices. And eventually it's like, why on earth is anyone advocating for this choice? Like at a certain <laughs> point, it, this, the choices like clearly had like a wrong answer Yeah, that I, it, it wasn't even interesting. Like, Oh, it's, it's interesting that my party member is thinking this should be right. And like, there are just like dumbasses on my team that like, aren't questioning anything and just say like, yeah, that's the best choice. I'm like, I, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, you know, it, it, it's a hard thing to pull off. And I think the game is trying to do a lot with like, uh, I love the sort of secret role playing of the game, how there's sort of three ideologies that like, you're always sort of getting points for, but you don't actually see that. It's a clever way to do the sort of mass effect thing without kind of visibly broadcasting it. So I like that. But yeah, eventually I just sort of, I didn't really find the, the writing to be as good as it wanted to be yeah. uh, later on. Yeah. It, it, it had aspirations of like being game of Thrones without really having the like plot to back up game of Thrones. Um, right. Unfortunately. Um, anyway, Octopath Traveler two coming in February. Very exciting. Uh, kind of wild that that has been flying under the radar for so long, like no rumors, no nothing. Uh, yeah. Really cool. Um, after that was, th- this is the game I wanted to talk about was a game called Fay farm F A E uh, farm. Um, it's by the team that made Dauntless, the um, the like Monster Hunter alike that was like a free to play oh, yeah. game that you and I actually played a bit of, and I played way back when at PAX, back when I was going to like in person conventions and playing video games and stuff. Um, Dauntless was a really cool game. It was like a cool take on Monster Hunter because at at that point when that game came out, there was no Monster Hunter on PC, so it was really like we're just trying to give this like huge audience of people who want this game on PC like the thing that they want. Um, and then they, of course, like ported it to consoles and things like that. You and I played it, liked it enough. You know, it was like doing some interesting stuff. Yeah, it was um, fun. But this seems to be like a not, I mean, as far as I could tell, because I didn't say one way or the other, but it seems to be like not a free to play game. And it is very much a farm sim in the vein of like a rune factory. You run around and like build this town up and build up your farm and things like that. And this is kind of where I, I think it loops back to what we were talking about in terms of the amount of farm sims out there where like I just need them to have some kind of like twist or interesting thing that's going to make me say like why this one over the many many others you know um yeah with Harvestella like even just the idea of Square Enix doing it by themselves is interesting to me like you know with with those character designs and they're adding the like season of death stuff like it just seems like it's going to go like totally off the rails narratively and I'm really excited about that <laughs> yeah this absolutely. one feels a lot to me like remnant from the ashes did by way of dark souls stuff where like this is a game that's built from the ground up to be played online with your friends like this is a game that wants you to find three other people and hop online and like go dungeon crawling together go farming together like hang out in the town together and i think that that is an interesting twist we didn't really get that much information in terms of like what that entails but knowing that this is the team that made Dauntless, which, you know, is a game about teaming up online and going and fighting big monsters, I, I have a lot of faith in their ability to, like, make the online thing work. And if that's the focus, like, if the focus is multiplayer, then that's really cool to me. Like, that's, that's enough of a yeah. differentiator for me to be interested in it, because I don't know of any other farm sims that I could, like, hop online and play with my friends for the most part. Yeah, I feel like Stardew Valley has versions of multiplayer, but it's not in that way you know it's I, more I like i really don't like stardew valley's multiplayer I have i've never done it with it yeah but i know it's like it's more limited i think you had to be you had to both be on at the same time or something right something like yes, that yes yeah yes um uh, it's and and you can't like hop into somebody else's farm or whatever like you need to make a new farm for the two of you it like creates a new save file just for like 
that pairing of people online. It's it's a weird system. Yeah, I feel like the, the two big, if you want to consider Animal Crossing New Horizons and Stardew Valley, like the two kind of big yeah. entries in this in this genre, uh, it is funny that neither of them have good multiplayer. <laughs> like Animal Crossing <laughs> has like the online community, but to, like the physical act of visiting a friend's island is dial-up-esque, you know? Laborious. Um, yeah. yeah. So they're actually, I think you're right that there is a really big place just for that like for that type of game but online i think that's a really accurate read yeah um and you know there are other farm sims that are all over the place that are just kind of, of like doing the bare minimum it was very nice to just see like oh yes they 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 are going after something really intriguing here yeah um that's coming in spring of next year who knows when um after that final fantasy theater rhythm final bar line uh it's a rhythm game set in the final fantasy universe kind of um, it has 385 songs from the Final Fantasy franchise. It's coming February 16, 2023. They're adding DLC with songs from Near and Octopath and Live Alive and more. Um, very exciting. What I don't know, what I'm not totally sure about is if this is a port of the 3DS one right. into the Switch or if this is like a new thing that they're making from the ground up. I would assume the former because of the like final bar line subtitle that feels to me like a like a thing that you'd say like instead of remaster you would say like this is the final one right you know? yeah <laughs> final revision <laughs> i would love if a yeah. game was just called draft four or something you know just <laughs> cut the yeah. cut the four underscore final final dot mp4 yeah. <laughs> final resize dot png um yeah. <laughs> yeah i've i've somehow never played this game i i think i might pick it up because i love I love Final Fantasy. I love the music from these games. It seems like a no-brainer. I just don't... I still don't fully know what it is. I know I've seen... Like, we just saw footage of it. I know it's a rhythm game, but I'm like, is it rhythm? Like, your party is, like, attacking while you do it? Uh, either way, I, I'm sure I'll check yeah. it out eventually. I'm not really um, sure either now that you mentioned yeah. it, but I, I have been considering picking it up and checking it out uh, for the 3DS bonus if we end up doing that. Yeah, that's, um, that's on my list as well. Yeah. In a lot of the 3DS lists of people's favorite games... For people who are Final Fantasy fans, they tend to include that like in the top yeah. 10 games, which is pretty wild. So I would be curious to check it out. I'll um, see if I'm one of them, yeah. After that was Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope. I feel like we can kind of zip by this one because it's kind of a known quantity. It was just like another trailer. They showed off the Rabbit version of, of Sparks, uh, which are like the star like sprites, which were just horrifying. Yeah, uh, but they're in the same in realm as uh, who's the robot girl. They're in the same series Eno. that has leaped into this. You know, yeah, you know, and yeah. rabid sparks are are in yeah. the same realm. Just chugging Mountain Dew together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. Uh, October twentieth, that comes out. The next announcement uh, made me yell out loud. Actually, in real life, uh, Rune Factory Three Special, which is a re-release and remaster of Rune Factory Three from the Nintendo DS, a game that you and I are have uh, very recently become very familiar with. Uh, it's coming in 2023. They didn't say a whole lot about like what they're changing outside of a new mode that will allow you to, quote, enjoy more quality time with your spouse. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what that means. Because I think I don't know enough about Rune Factory to know off the top of my head like what was added in Rune Factory 4 special. But... I vaguely remember there being kind of like a whole post game 
um that's like related to uh like once you're married there's like a whole plot that plays out or something so it might mm-hmm. be something like that but i have no idea rune factory 3 is cool though honestly i i think it has my favorite setting i've only played um three four and five but three you live in a big tree uh and you're like a yep. strange goat man and uh that's pretty cool um it's a really it's charming cool. setting and it's got a good cast as well I, I like the characters in this game uh yeah it does just kind of muddy the water though for me if people are like which rune factory should i play you know or like which which of these games would you recommend starting with like i actually i just don't know the answer anymore because yeah you know it really was between four and five now but now that you include three in the mix it's like it's a little bit more up in the air i would say four is actually still the answer even like having played enough of three to know the differences between the two like if it's your first rune factory i would still say four special is probably the way to go yeah and go backwards to three if you really liked it yeah exactly i think it's a i think it's a good plan for it it just i feel like five would be my favorite if it wasn't like like i think you and i are pretty understanding with performance but that game does push that limit a little bit like it it is totally it is definitely like not a finished game in terms of just how it plays, which is really sad because there's so much you can see there that like, if that game was given the time and the budget it needed, I think that would clearly be the best one and the one to point to. Um, Yeah. Especially, I mean, considering this, this rise of farm Sims, right? Like it just feels like rune factory five should be the tent pole, like obvious candidate for all that stuff. But now we have games like Harvestella coming out, like Disney Dreamlight Valley came out last week as of this recording. Um, I mean, there's so much by way of that kind of game that it's kind of just like eating Rune Factory's lunch now. Yeah. Even Xseed is like eating Rune Factory's own lunch with uh, the Story of Seasons ports that they're doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, what's interesting, though, is they said at the end of this, and you had a note here that says this, uh, yes. there's a new series launching in the future. So to me, that reads, and and now in conjunction with three special getting released, I do wonder if they're kind of just like clearing the board a bit and just and yeah. just restarting. Um, like, I don't know if it will be like Rune. I, I feel like Rune Factory Five was the make or break point for that series. So I wonder if there might be like a like you know a spiritual revival of it in some capacity um, under a different name. I'm not sure. I mean that that team has such a troubled history with like you know I think they had to declare bankruptcy at one point. It's I, I really hope the best for them, but. I'm just curious what that new series means. Yeah. The fact that they're even like announcing a new thing gives me a little bit of hope. Yeah, totally. It's like, like a, a development house, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious about what that's going to be. Um, following that was a, a bunch of announcements for the N64 library. Oh for yeah. Online subscribers, which was pretty wild. Uh, we got a bunch of games. I'm just going to list them all and then say like when they're coming out. Um, Pilot wings 64 is coming in 2022. Mario Party and Mario Party 2 are also coming this year. And then next year, we're getting Mario Party 3, Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Stadium 2, 1080 Snowboarding, Excite Bike 64, and kind of up in the air, no date announced, but I think it is coming soon. And there's actually been some new information about this in between the direct happening and now. But GoldenEye is coming soon. They didn't, again, they didn't put a date, but it's also coming to Xbox Game Pass. The big asterisk here, the big, like, the big twist is that the online gameplay will only be doable on the Nintendo Switch. The Game Pass version will not have oh online play. Oh my god. Which is wild. I can't wait to play GoldenEye online. That's going to be so funny. 
I I really I feel like the announcement was lessened because you got the awful gray borders during the opening of, of it's like just let me customize those. Why on earth is yeah. that the default? Um yeah. but this is all, honestly this as someone who grew up with the N64, this is a great collection of multiplayer games. Mario Party 2, I would say is is the best Mario Party. I'm going to put my flag in the ground there. I think um, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. One is pretty good on too. It has great levels, but it has the classic. You got to rotate the controller or the, the joystick. Um, yeah. Three, three is rare. If you got a, if you got a copy of Mario party three, you can sell that <laughs> for a lot of money or you can do what I did and trade it in for final fantasy six on the super Nintendo. It's essentially worth the same amount. Um, wow. Yeah. Pokemon stadium. That also, uh, Pokemon Stadium 2 especially has really great mini games. Um, one's yes. got some good ones. Run, Rattata, Run, and uh, Clefairy says are classics. But Pokemon Stadium 2, you got Chansey catching the eggs. Great time. I think uh, it's notable that when they announced Pokemon Stadium 2 in this little montage, they led with the mini games. Yeah, yeah. Well, because those games were just, you had this weird borderline steampunk accessory to the N64 controller where you yes. plugged in the Game Boy cartridge and then you could play, you could battle in, in sort of set Coliseum matches with your team uh, or you could just play the game on the TV via the N64. Um, right. Honestly, this would be if they wanted to do this, if they ever release Game Boy games on the Switch, the ability to like import your team from red or blue into Pokemon Stadium on the Switch would be so much fun. How fun would that be? That would uh, be sick. It's kind of weird. Like the games as they're like you can rent teams, but it's like that's kind of pathetic. I want to bring my team, you know? Uh no shade on renting, that's what you do. But it's like I don't want to play with someone's victory bell they taught cut. Like I don't want to use this Pokemon. <laughs> um also Pilot Wings was one of my first uh, when I first got an N64 when I was a kid. This is very nostalgic for me seeing all these games. Uh my our first two games, my sister and I, it was Mario 64 and Pilot Wings. Um nice. Pilot Wings is fun. It very much is a game where you could tell 3D was a new thing. So a lot yeah. of the game is like, isn't it cool that you're just like in a 3D space and you can fly around? Um, there is a mode though where you can just shoot someone out of a cannon, and that's like all you do, which is kind of fun. There's also uh, you unlock bird wings and you can fly around. Really, really good soundtrack and pilot wings. So don't sleep on it. It's got a great. If you just want to like chill out and fly around and listen to like weird um, N64 version of jazz, it's a great time. <laughs> wow. I'm so yeah. excited about that. Now that's yeah. what I call the weird N64 version of jazz is coming soon <laughs> for subscribers of Nintendo 64, uh, Nintendo online, whatever, whatever expansion pass, something, something. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about all this. I'm, I'm really stoked about playing all this stuff online. Um, specific, the thing that I, I think is so funny about all of this, Steven, is it almost feels like a tacit admission that the most recent Mario Party games are kind of a bummer because the most recent Mario Party game is literally a mashup of one, two, and three <laughs> and then remastered and like nobody played it or liked it. I mean, I, I like it, to be clear. You and I have played it. Um, yeah, I thought it was fine. It's, I mean, it's like pretty good, but yeah. everyone just wants to be playing the N64 versions and it's like, oh, okay, we'll just give them to you and you can play them online. 
I would say, yeah, I, I think at a certain point they all kind of do. The only one that's like actually like poisonous to pick up the is train the train one. Yeah, that one is a cursed object. Everything else is like you're kind of it's it's Mario Party. It's gonna that one's rare for be, different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> if you see a copy of the train one, I don't want to say the it's like Macbeth. You can't. It's a cursed name. Just destroy it. Destroy the train yeah. Mario Party. It's like seeing a spotted lantern fly in Philadelphia. You just gotta like stomp it out on site it's, it's essentially that's, like someone was like what if we got rid of turns for so few people that reference <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> uh but and i think you're right this is also like the most pomp and circumstance they've given n64 announcements it's usually like a late night tweet it's like yeah sending punishments up you know uh <laughs> oops whoop yeah <laughs> it always feels like an accident even when you load it up it's like someone dropped a game they're like oops sorry yeah. Ooh, um, we uploaded cool. a Kirby ROM. Our bad. <laughs> also, if we're talking good mini games, Kirby sixty four secretly has really great multiplayer mini games. They're hidden. You have to go like in options first, and then you see the mini games. It's very strange, but they're there and they're good. All right, N sixty four games coming soon. <laughs> Thanks. Up for next, me. another game from Square Enix. Uh, this one I have played already. Uh, it's called Various Day Life, Incredible and it launches title. today on the Nintendo Switch. I love the title so much. Yeah. Um, this is interesting because this is a game that was an Apple Arcade exclusive. This was one of the launch titles for Apple Arcade, um, and as no, well, I guess as not noted by the fact that you and I did not talk about it on the show at any point. I didn't like it very much. Um, it was not very well reviewed. People didn't seem to really get behind it. I'm curious if a console port of it would be any better. I, I, I'd like oh, to see uh, a revival of that game. Maybe the Switch version is great. Uh, so if you're playing the Switch version and you like it a lot, let us know somehow. Uh, and I'll, I, I'll, I'll check it out again. Uh, I, I've been meaning to check that game out again anyway and give it another shot. Um, but, you know, in the flurry of Apple Arcade announcements, like right when that thing launched, um, you know, it was like, am I going to play Various Day Life or am I going to play Fantasian by Mistwalker Studios? And, you know, the choice <laughs> is obvious. Yeah, totally. Um, after that was Factorio, a game that has been around forever, uh, but not on the Switch. It's coming in October, uh, October 28th cool. to be specific. Very exciting. Uh, it's a base building kind of thing, uh, like machine building game. Uh, look it up. You've seen screenshots of it. It's, it looks like roller coaster tycoon, but, uh, kind of like a nightmare hellscape version of it. And that's on purpose. Um, after that, speaking of nightmare hellscape was a game called Ib. It's yeah. a horror game that's coming in spring <laughs> of 2023, <laughs> uh, which is funny. Um, honestly reminds me a little bit of Omori. Um, but yeah. you know, kind of, kind of just going for straight up horror. It's like you're visiting an art, an art exhibit or something and gets sucked into a painting and then it becomes a nightmare. It looks kind of like Yumi and Nikki a little bit. It reminded me of that. Yes. Where yes, it's, yes, a, it's yes. a lot about kind of exploring. Although Yumi and Nikki is all about dreams. It seems to be all about art, which is cool. I'm, I'm actually really curious about this. I want to pick it up when it comes out and I will report cool. back. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. After that was Mario Strikers Battle League, which is getting uh, as as Nintendo seems to be doing with some of these sports games, just like free content updates. They're adding Pauline and Diddy Kong. They're adding new stages and new gear. All of that is coming for free this month. Very cool. I didn't get to, I played, no, I didn't play this at all. I haven't played it yet. You played a bit of the demo, right? I played the full game, Steven. 
Hell yeah. Another one that I think notably did not get brought to the show. <laughs> I do. I just want to say, because sometimes I, I, I see in the discord when a game doesn't come up, people assume we didn't like it. Sometimes we just haven't gotten to it yet. So I just want to make it clear. It's That's not true. always, it's not always the case that if it's not brought up, we didn't like it. But, um, Usually if we say we're going to and then it doesn't, that's probably, that's probably Yeah, if we're leading up to a game coming out and being like, I'm excited about this, this is going to be great, yeah. and then we don't bring it up, like, that's okay, probably, yeah. then, then you know. Um, but again, that's yeah, just our I, opinion, yeah. I had a pretty tough time with Mario Strikers Battle League. Um, I liked the demo and then got my hands on the full game and was very disappointed in, like, the offerings. Got um, it. I think, I, think I, I share that with a lot of people. Um it's it's a little bit in the vein of uh the most recent Mario Golf um I in see. that like the focus is mainly on like just playing soccer in in that game um where Mario Golf has a beat is that Mario Golf like has an actual like single player campaign kind of story mode thing that you're making your way through and Battle League is like just play soccer and that's it got um, it got which it which was a little bit disappointing because I was like oh am I only going to be playing online is that the only thing they really want me to be doing and that's not really what I wanted yeah, um, that makes so. sense. Anyway, after that, uh, Atelier Riza 3, Alchemist of the End and the Secret Key, which is a very long title. Um, it just looked really pretty. I don't really know what these games are, um, but I will get this one. It's coming out also in February. So this this series, I remember you said, and maybe I'm remembering incorrectly, but there's a bit of crossover here with the new Fire Emblem, right? Like there yes, are people that the team that makes the, tell. these games yeah. are making the new Fire Emblem with intelligent yeah. systems. Yeah, um, it, lo- it, it looks really charming. I, yeah, I also know nothing about it, but I am also curious about it. So we'll, we'll see if we end up picking it up. Yeah, it's very pretty. Um, there's also a bunch of other ones. So like maybe I'll just check out another one. Yeah, and, I think know, prime myself. They're either on Game Pass or the <clears throat> PlayStation subscription, but there's somewhere. Oh, nice. Very available. Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. Okay. After that, wave three of courses for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe coming soon. Uh, they only showed two of them. One of them was Mary Mountain from Mario Kart Tour, which is the uh, the mobile game. The, uh, the other one they showed is Peach Gardens from Nintendo DS. Which a, is great a great level. Yeah. A, yeah. Really, really good one. Um, coming this holiday. They didn't really say much else outside of uh, that's coming. I'm very excited. I think it's because we, we recently did our Nintendo DS episode, but I feel like a proud parent whenever DS level gets added. And they've been at like Waluigi Pinball and Peach Gardens. And I think Mushroom Ridge is also DS. Mm-hmm. Really good choices across the board. Great levels really in that good game. Really choices. Yeah. yeah. The Mario Kart 8 Deluxe uh, booster pass has been great. It's been so cool. Yeah. I, I, I think love it's that been, they're doing this. It's been a really nice way to like liven up that game that I would still be playing regardless. Like I, that's a yeah exactly. Game like for I me. didn't yeah. yeah didn't need it. It's just like a fun add on. Yeah. Speaking of add on, next up we got Switch Sports. Yeah, Nintendo Switch Sports. They're adding golf finally. Um, they announced in this, which I appreciated, that they're adding twenty one holes from the previous uh sports games. I was going to say Switch Sports, but they were the Wii Sports games, Wii Sports and the Wii Sports Resort. Uh, those holes are going to make their way over, which is fun. They're also adding survival golf, which I thought was very interesting because that is like straight up the thing from the new Mario Golf as well, um, which is maybe another like, hey, that game didn't do too well. But like, let's put that in in Switch Sports, Um, which essentially just means that you and everybody that you're playing with are all hitting the ball at the same time and like running to continue hitting the ball. Oh, that's Um, fun. Yeah. Which is great, to be clear. I mean, you can go back and listen to the Mario Golf episode. I really like that game. I still play it. I think that that most recent Mario Golf is very good. Um, but I'm pretty stoked to have this in Switch Sports as well. Um, yeah. Especially because Mario Golf is like all button based and this is like motion controls and like 
trying to make you, you know, use a Wiimote essentially. Um, yeah. This was supposed to come out in the fall, but now it's coming out holiday 2022. They pushed it again, which is interesting. Golf on the horizon. Golf on the horizon. Uh, following that, Shigeru Miyamoto showed up, the man, the myth, the legend. Um, this was really interesting. So he started off by just mentioning, like, I've been working on the Super Mario movie. Cool. I've been working on the uh, theme park that's now coming to Florida. It's already out. You know, it's already open in Japan. It's been open for a while, but we're also building it in Florida. Uh, very cool. Also, Pikmin has been around for about 20 years. I think is what he said, which doesn't seem real, but I think it is. Yeah, I guess uh, and, Pikmin was a GameCube. That was a, when it started. So I guess that's right. Yeah. That is shocking. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, Pikmin is still in the works. We're still making Pikmin stuff. And everyone was like, oh my God, Pikmin 4 is about to get announced. And then instead there was like an extended advertisement for Pikmin Bloom, which is the Niantic mobile game featuring Pikmin that's been out for just over a year at this point. Um, which was really interesting. My my takeaway from this is just that that game is like not doing very well. And if we know anything based on like Jason Trier's Bloomberg report from a couple months ago and stuff, Niantic is like kind of not in a great place. It seems like um, they've canceled a lot of games recently, uh, like a lot of the projects that they had on the horizon just kind of like axed before they were even announced um, and makes me wonder if Pikmin Bloom is maybe not performing to the level that they were hoping for and hoping that this would like give a little like jump start to performance yeah. there. Um, I will say that I think Pikmin Bloom is the best Niantic game. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that, you know, of all the stuff that I played and I played most of them, I guess, cause I'm always curious whenever they release a new one, I, I feel like what they've done with Pikmin Bloom is a much more interesting use of their like mapping and, and kind of like geolocating thing than any of the other games like P- Pokemon Go as much as I want to love that game just doesn't feel like Pokemon to me. Um, like the catching obviously is fun and cool and good, but them going and like creating a wholly different version of battling and gyms and stuff like really still rubs me the wrong way. Whenever I play it, I'm like, I can't get into this yeah. because it's just not, it's not the thing that I always hope it would be. Pikmin bloom is fascinating because it's just like an exercise and mood tracking app. Like it just wants you right, to be happy right. and have a good day. And it like asks you at the beginning and the end of the day how you're feeling. It like asks you to take a walk. Um, and it's just about like literally spreading joy. Uh, and that's, I think, the best version of that possible. Um, and I can understand why that would be underperforming because I don't imagine people are spending a whole lot of money on that game because it's really just like, are you happy today? And then you hit yes. Um, <laughs> yep, not, here's not five a lot bucks. of microtransactions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me a five star crumb, please. <laughs> Give me five bucks. Yeah. Uh, so that was really interesting. Following that, immediately they did announce Pikmin Four, which is funny. Even Miyamoto was like, "Now on to the main event." Like, sorry about that. <laughs> if that it was kind of funny because it was like the the segues were so abrupt each time that you never could really be comfortable with with what was the main event. Yeah, uh, amazing section. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but they announced Pikmin 4. The the big uh, thing that he mentioned in this, he was like, I'm, I'm not going to show you any gameplay, but what I will tell you is that you're playing from the ground instead of overhead. So all the previous Pikmin games you've been playing from like kind of a top down view, kind of like an RTS vibe. Yeah. This one is like uh, like God of War 2018. <laughs> <laughs> you could throw a Pikmin and call it back like the axe. That's yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, I, uh, I've actually never played a Pikmin game. It's like my big Nintendo blind spot. Yeah. I, uh, for whatever reason, I didn't get it on the GameCube. Um, cause there was the first two were on the GameCube and then the third one was on the Wii U. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of been like, 
I always love talking about Nintendo's B team. Like what are the series that are like still around and do well, but they're not like the Mario and Zelda and Pokemon of Nintendo. Um, and Pikmin I know is, is a, is like a passion project of Miyamoto specifically. Like he's always wanted this to be a big deal. So we'll see Pikmin four is like the moment it kind of finally comes to, to a bigger spotlight. Um, but yeah, I've never played them. I, I've always wanted to, but they're also one of those, a hundred dollar rare to find games for the GameCube. Yeah. So, um, um, the third one is out on the switch. That's right. Uh, and it's right. apparently great. Uh, my partner, Persia, it's, I think her favorite game. Uh, that's awesome. And I, I've seen her play a lot of it and it seems great. Um, I've only played one and two. I've never played three. So one day, one day I'll get, yeah, that, that. that could be a fun bonus or something if we like it. Yeah. Yeah. After that, just dance 2023. They're still making these, uh, coming in November. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> Just Dance on the Switch, it's fucking great. Um, yeah. I have, I think, the 2020 version. I played it a lot, like, early in the pandemic when we were all, like, locked inside. Oh, yeah. Um, it was, like, a really good way of staying energized. Totally, <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, I always did feel bad because my living room was right above somebody's bedroom. Uh, so if I was playing, I was, like, stomping a lot. And I was like, I feel bad about this. Now I can do it in my, in my current apartment, which is nice. Live your life. Let it all out. <laughs> Just dance, man. Live your life. Um, after that Harvestella, which has, I've brought up like eight times already just cause I'm yeah. excited about it. Um, Me too. it's coming November 4th. There's a demo out now. I will probably make a video about this if I were to guess. I've already oh, downloaded cool. it. It's already on my switch. Um, so I guess look forward to that. Yeah. This is, this is one that you and I have been excited about for a long time, which is maybe ironic given we opened this episode saying we're like getting suspicious of how many farming games there are. But mm. I think like you already said, this is, this is square Enix doing it and it seems to be leaning hardest into the JRPG side of it. Like rune factory yeah. is, is the initial, the initial premise of rune factory is it's a JRPG farming sim. So it's, it's mostly a harvest moon type experience, but there's a, there's an undercurrent of a JRPG story and of a fantasy world. Whereas this game, it seems to be much more, focal or at least both elements are kind of like intertwined more directly which i'm excited to see how that how that's executed that's a great point like even just that little that little tweak more into the like combat and jrpg side like that's enough of a differentiator for me yeah um so yeah i'm really looking forward to it uh and there's a demo and i i think the demo said, or at least like the way they phrase it, I think it said like the first couple days of your farm you can play. And I'm curious like how much time that actually is. Yeah. Your, your progress does carry over into the full game when it comes out. But knowing Square Enix and their previous demos, they're always like 10 to 15 hours. I'm yeah. curious if this is much shorter <laughs> or not. Right. Um, yeah. So that was interesting. Um, next up, Bayonetta three new trailer. Uh, there's a new gameplay trailer that they, uh, alluded to, but didn't show, which was funny on Nintendo's YouTube. Um, <laughs> this game is still coming out October 28th coming soon. Looks good. I'm excited. I think I, I do feel a little bit of pressure to play one and two before if I do end up getting it. Cause I, I think it, it seems to be a direct continuation of the story. Um, yeah. but, uh, I, I recently got into Devil May Cry, um, so I, I feel like it's it's definitely in the cards that I'll get into Bayonetta next. Mm. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, next up was Master Detective Archives Rain Code, uh, a game by the Danganronpa developers. Um, this is coming spring 2023. Um, it honestly looks great. Like I was I was really sold on this. This looks really fun. So the whole idea is there's a bunch of uh, there, there's a city that like totally sucks as it turns out. And uh, 
a bunch like there's just crime happening all the time so because of that all the detect like the best detectives from around the world all like convene on this city um and they just like get hired out to essentially solve crimes in this city uh so you play as one of these master detectives coming from around the world uh to try and solve crimes um you have a like shinigami spirit that is haunting you uh, who will pull you into the like ethos of the crime scene, which looks a lot like Persona Labyrinths. Um, and you need to literally like make your way through crimes uh, as if they were like uh, JRPG dungeons. Uh, and they showed like a boss fight where you're like literally dodging lies. Like the boss was like <laughs> throwing fake evidence at you and he needed to dodge it. Like it looks so wild and really it's like psychonauts fun. a little I'm bit. About it. Yeah, it's yes. really creative. It also reminds me a little bit of Ghost Trick conceptually, just with like, you know, yeah. the, the navigating the mystery and everything. Um yeah, yeah, I'm really curious about that. I've also always wanted to play Dangan uh what is it called? Danganronpa. Uh, I've always wanted to play Danganronpa as well, but I've never gotten around to it. So maybe one day I'll look into that as well. Yeah. Um, that is Master Detective Archives Rain Code. Uh, very cool. Following that, uh, a bunch of Resident Evil games. So they they announced Resident Evil Village as a cloud version. It's coming October twenty eighth, um, which is I think the same week as the Gold Edition is launching. Uh, for all the yeah. other consoles, which includes all the extra content. Um, so that's like the DLC, the third person mode, the new stuff in Mercenaries mode, et cetera, et cetera. That Gold Edition content is getting pushed on the Switch until December, which I thought was interesting. Um, and then they're also launching Resident Evil 7 and 2 and 3 as cloud versions on the Switch. Yeah, the remakes um, of 2 and 3, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so, cool, I guess. There's a demo for the cloud version, I think, available now for Resident Evil Village. Um, if you want to check it out and like see if it runs on your Switch well, um, what I've heard about the cloud versions is not very good. I had a good experience with Control when they first did that one, um, but I only did the demo. I didn't like play the full game on the Switch. Yeah, I it's cool that there's a way to play it um if you only have a switch, but um yeah, then the cloud version is always kind of underwhelming from what from what I've heard. So Yeah. But I'd say I'm excited for all the content. Like the DLC, I'm really, really excited to play once that comes yeah, out. Me too. Um next up was Sifu, which was a PS5 exclusive and is now coming to Switch uh November eighth. That's just kind of wild by itself. Um, <laughs> not a whole lot to say about it outside of like, holy shit. We saw another trailer for uh, Crisis Core Reunion, which is the Final Fantasy VII spinoff that's uh, coming in December. Very excited about that as well. Yeah, I never played the original Crisis Core, so I'm I'm excited to play this. And I, I can't but feel like I will need to to know what the hell is happening in the next seven remake yeah. part knowing Namora. So either way, I'm, I've, I've signed my soul to FF7's universe at this point. So I will play yeah. Um After that was Radiant Silver Gun, which is like a classic arcade shoot 'em up. Following that, though, was the thing that I was very excited about, which was Tales of Symphonia Remastered. Hell yeah. Which is like the Tales game that everybody always talks about. Like you yeah. and I obviously got very into Tales of Arise last year when that came out and like loved it, loved it. Um, Tales of Symphonia is like the other one that people always recommend playing from the GameCube. And, uh, it's coming out early 2023 on the Switch. Really yeah, stoked about it. Specifically uh, because of the multiplayer. Because a lot of yes. the earlier Tales games have essentially a co-op element to them, which is such a great idea for a, like a fully-fledged, you know, m- dozens of hour JRPG where you're experiencing this huge story together. It's a great idea. I'm surprised we haven't seen more of that, you know? Yeah. Um, 
I guess you kind of get that with Monster Hunter, but it's much more mechanical. Uh, I, I'm really right. excited to like actually play a Tales game with friends. It's a great idea. Yeah, me too. After Tales of Symphonia, we got Life is Strange, the Arcadia Bay collection, which uh, is a collection of two of the Life is Strange games, the first one and Before the Storm. That's coming out in September. I think we knew that one already. Uh, I think that was just kind of like a re-announcement. Um, following that was Romancing Saga, Minstrel Song, which I don't really know anything about the Romancing Saga games outside of there's like a lot, there's like a lot of them. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering <laughs> that's if that's like on the horizon for us, like in a year or two, we'll be like, oh my God, the Romancing Saga games. We love them so much. We <laughs> I'm a big now. romance head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Uh, yeah. Don't know a whole lot about that. Lego Brick Tales, uh, was part of this little montage that they were doing, which, uh, is a really, really beautiful kind of like top down puzzle game. Looks a little bit Monument Valley ish. Um, that's coming soon. Fall of this year. Disney Speedstorm, which is like a kart racer game also coming this year. Fall Guys season two is coming September 15th, which is two days after we're recording currently. Um, <laughs> so that's pretty soon as well. And then the two big final announcements, both Nintendo first party stuff. The first was Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe, which was really interesting decision. I can't believe that they're doing this. I mean, I'm excited about it. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just like really confused by it. This is the Kirby game that they released for the Nintendo Wii in 2011 um, that they seem to be remastering and bringing over to the Switch. Uh, And it's coming also February 24th, 2023, which seems to be a very popular date. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to play this too. I didn't play it on the Wii. I also think like play Nintendo's strategy for Kirby is very funny. They're just like, oh, just try everything. <laughs> Bring that one yes. back. Let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, I, I'm I'm into it. I'm excited to play this. Yeah, they, yeah. I love. They said everyone can play as Kirby. Like specifically, I think like <laughs> just because of people's complaints about uh, Forgotten Land, uh, people having to play as Waddle Dee. Which again, I think Waddle Dee is. Yeah, really I love fun. Waddle Dee. I like uh, 64 had it right where it was you could be Kirby, Waddle the artist, the young artist uh, yes. human, or the king himself, King Dedede. Uh So uh, that's the way to do it. But all, everyone is Kirby is a close second. Yeah, I, I don't know, I'm excited about this. Uh, I, I have not played this game either. I really like Kirby, so it seems like a no-brainer. And then we have the final announcement here. The final big announcement. Uh, we finally got... I mean, not that much. We got a we got a title and a release date, which I guess counts. But like the actual like teaser trailer was kind of like nothing. You know, it was just like lead up to this information. But it was the sequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. We finally have a title. It's called The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I love it. It's a great title. It is a great title. And there was a lot of back and forth yesterday about why they weren't streaming this event on the nintendo uk channel specifically and i think now we know why this definitely is why wow yeah that makes sense (laughs) um they they said that they were going to post the whole event as a video like a couple hours after the fact um after it like streams live elsewhere um but really really pretty wild anyway legend of zelda tears of the kingdom is the name i do really also like the name i think it's great it's very castlevania Um, it has a castlevania it is very castlevania Uh, and it's coming May 12th, 2023, uh, the same day as the Nintendo switch 2 I'm calling it now. <laughs> it's really funny how much like earlier we're getting big titles. I mean, I guess breath of the wild came yeah. out in March, but just like even thinking about square Enix, if everything is, is if nothing gets changed next year, <laughs> they're going to be releasing Final Fantasy 16, FF7 Remake 2, Crisis Core Remake, Octopath 2, 
and and the list goes on it's like and it's all like throughout the entire i mean i think um f7 remake is later in the year but even still like it just feels like there's not like that slow period anymore just constant um yeah like when games are coming out the the new like back and forth that I've seen online is like you release your games in the beginning of the year if you want them to be game of the year contenders and you right. release them at the end of the year if you want them to be like huge blockbuster sales uh, totally numbers you know for the holiday um, season yeah that makes sense um, but in terms of this game I mean I think it's definitely clear now that this game is is focusing on verticality that's like the thing we keep seeing is yeah. sort of navigating the sky and and. And uh, I think that's also sort of why we got the HD Skyward Sword port, because like there's a little Seems bit like of shared imagery there. Um, I mean, this is going to be wonderful. I, I can't wait for it. I, I've really kind of held my expectations back for this. I'm actually very surprised we saw anything about it. Um, Me like too. When, whenever there's a, again, I said this before on this episode, but whenever there's a Nintendo Direct I get a million texts like, do you think it's going to be Breath of the Wild 2? I'm like, well, first of all, I don't know anything. And second of all, probably <laughs> not. Because like, <laughs> why would it be? So I'm, I was really, I was really, I, I was moved by this trailer. I, I, I didn't expect to get kind of choked up seeing just the imagery of it and the world again. I'm really excited to go back to this place. Uh, it's a really nice ceremony, kind of having a new Zelda every so often. Uh, again, I am a little disappointed we didn't get the Wind Waker, Twilight Princess stuff, but I'm also glad we we have like a little bit more of an expectation for when this is coming out. It's okay, okay, we got a title and we got a proposed date that that may also get pushed back again. But you know, it's yeah. it's safe to yeah. assume this will be next year at some point. <clears throat> so that's that's kind of what I took away from it. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm. It's just like the most no brainer thing you know, <laughs> for me. It's like, I, I don't need, I don't need information about this. I just like, cool. I know the title and I know it's coming out and that's all, I, that's all I got. You know, yeah. like, don't tell yeah. me anything else. I'm actually good. I'll just play it. It'll, it's going to be great. This feels a little bit like when Sekiro Shadows Died Twice came out in the sense mm-hmm. that like, I think in, in, you know, the, the years between Dark Souls three came out in 2016. So I guess it wasn't that long, but there was a period of time where like there was the dark souls games and bloodborne and then a million games inspired by those games. And we got the, the term souls like, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And then, then it was sort of like at, at that point, hollow Knight had come out. Neo had come out. Like there were games that were, that were kind of not that it's all a competition, but there were games that were like, really showing that they they could take that style of game and run with it so there was a lot of pressure on Sekiro I remember to like you know prove that FromSoft still knew what they'd do best basically and I just felt that way so strongly playing that game it's like yeah like no one really knows this genre if you want to call that of game like FromSoft the inventors of it so in this case we have like Breath of the Wild has has is this sort of mumbled in passing even if you're not even talking about video games you might just say it out loud uh, and it's it's become the blueprint for just all open world design and we've seen so many games claim to be inspired by it and to echo its design in some way and, and i have the utmost faith that this is going to come out and just knock everything out of the water you know it's like it's just going to be like i i have a lot of hope that it's going to be a great continuation of that blueprint um, yeah, so we'll I feel see. so strongly that this game is in one of those rare instances that you don't really see in games a whole lot outside of like, like a Grand Theft Auto or something like I, I think about this more with like larger film franchises like I think about when 
um, when The Force Awakens was coming out. You know, it's like, oh, here's a huge risky thing that needs to happen, right? Like, like the Walt Disney Company is going to bring Star Wars back after buying it from Lucasfilm, and it just needs to be a slam dunk. And I think it was almost easy to just kind of like sit back and say like, well, there's so much money riding on the line here for this to be a success that it almost has to be like, there's no way that it's going to fail at least financially. Like there's no way that it's going to fail. Um, and I feel like you don't get that as much in video games, but this really feels like one of those situations as well, where it's like, this is such a huge tentpole, gigantic thing for Nintendo. Like, this, I would argue, is the biggest game that Nintendo has released since Breath of the Wild, <laughs> you know, like not to dunk on any game that's come out since 2017 for the Nintendo Switch, but like none of them had this much riding on the line as this one does. And it right. almost is like so much risk involved here that I just feel totally safe about it. Like, I just feel like there's nothing that can go wrong. I th- it's going to be like totally fine. I'm like pretty stoked about it. It feels honestly like Elden Ring. Elden Ring was another yeah, one of those where it's right. like the lead up to Elden Ring was a lot of people being like, oh, but what if it's bad? It's like, it's not going to be bad, man. I mean, <laughs> it's from soft. Like we know, we know what they do. We know what they do. But as you were just saying with Sekiro, like we know what they do best. And like them saying, we're going to make an open world exploration game in the style of like a breath of the wild or something. But with FromSoft s combat, like that's such a nonsense thing to think they could possibly pull off that they would only say it if they could pull it off. (laughs) And saying that you're going to make a sequel to Breath of the Wild is like, you know that you're going to be successful at making a sequel to Breath of the Wild. You wouldn't say that unless you can actually pull it off. Yeah, it's it's going to be wonderful. And, you know, I think this is I think you're right to frame it that way. But there's another side of it, too, where it's like it can also just kind of be that again. Like it's this is another case where I'm like, yeah. I wouldn't mind just like a palette swap at this point of of that first game. I mean, obviously, there's just more yeah. room for improvement. I think um, I think the big thing, if we're going to like sort of more concretely talk about like what is it that you know because it's easy to have this game just morph into a wordless dream of desire where it's like i don't even know if most people can can say like what it is they want to see does they want it again you know and that's Mm kind of how i feel but if i had to sit down and say like what are the things that i actually think you could improve upon um i do think people tended to miss the dungeons you know i I think that elden ring did a great job of having an open world but you still got those legacy dungeons of like here's like a area of the map that is a dark souls world and i think that the mechanical beasts of the first game felt a little lacking compared to even the shrines you know so that's really it though it's like (laughs) okay cool like i have legacy dungeons i'm like that's it if we're gonna be in the sky that's cool it's kind of all i need um yeah so Add sailing and the uh, uh, Temple of the Ocean King from uh, Wand of Gamelon. Uh, and, then yeah. we'll be, no. and I also want Link's crossbow training in there. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the CDI form. games voice acting. Yeah. And Wanda also Gamelon. put survival golf in this while you're adding it to <laughs> Switch Sports. That is truly we'll the only way you can mess this up. See, I, I'm very excited. It, it goes without saying. It's like, how can you even yeah. put into words how excited one would be for this? Um, yeah. So yeah, that was, that was it. I thought it was a great time. Open strong, ended strong and just the chaotic middle of farming <laughs> and, uh, weird rhythm games and more farming. And you know, that's kind of like life. You open strong, you end strong, and then you're just farming in the middle. You're farming in the middle. 
That's what it's all about. You can get uh, married. You can improve the town. You can level up. Um, Dude, you can get older and you get wrinkles. You can pay real money for a scary robot that drinks molten lava from the Earth's core. <laughs> Sign me up. Well, that's Let's it. Let's wrap up. That's yeah. it. Thank you so much for listening. You know the drill into the cast out online is our place for everything. We're going to keep it short because this is kind of a a strange uh, leakage, as they call it, an emergency episode. We hope you enjoy the direct. Uh, we hope you're excited for all this stuff, too. And uh, we think you're the best. Have a great day. Yeah, have a good one. Oh, yeah, we have another episode coming tomorrow. So I guess listen to that one also. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on that one. That's going to be fun. That's, that'll yeah. be my only little tease for that. Uh, it's a weird You'll one. hear more about that tomorrow. And uh, catch you later. Bye bye. This ain't your uncle's leakage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>